Glory to God. We're going to begin the series this morning. Please be seated. Uh, which we have tied to stainless. Finding the power and the purpose of your sexuality. That's the word that people don't want to mention in the church. I remember when I posted the flyer on the internet, on my Facebook page, I didn't get likes from people who are not um, members of the Kingdom House. Probably confused that what's this guy up to? <laughs> Talking about sex in the church. I like you to know that Christianity is not a lifestyle of pretenders. A lot of people we have you believe that Christians don't have their struggles. That's one of the big lies that is sold about. Christians, they go through life like any other person, but they are armed and equipped to deal with issues of life and to overcome such that they can never be swallowed by the issues of life if they do things the way God asks them to do it. And issues like sex does not have dominion over them, rather they have control over it. Because they are doing it the way God asks things to be done. One of the choices that you make in life that will affect your life greatly is how you deal with the issue of sexuality. It's going to affect your life a great deal. It's as important as you handle issues of your personal health. Because health is critical to the life of man. Everything that God has given for pleasure, for us to enjoy, is prone to becoming contaminated and corrupted. Everything. Think about it. Religion has been corrupted over the ages. Even Christianity. We've had people, or let me say Catholicism now. We've had people who took people to the stake and burned them into ashes because they dare to envision the future. Those that said that they saw human beings on wings flying in metal cages. You know what they did to them? They burned them. Because they said it's witchcraft. But what they actually envisioned was a time when people would be flying in aeroplanes. 
Those that translated the Bible, what happened to them? Some of them are born at the stake. So everything that God has given for pleasure is can be abused, can be contaminated, can be corrupted. I want you to have that point sink into your heart. We're going to read a verse in the Bible. I've captioned this particular segment, Had God Said. Had God Said. The most, not the most now, all problems of mankind can be traced to Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. All. All. If you mention one problem in life, even if it is with government or with anything, I can explain it with that particular chapter. We're going to have a session when, if God permits, a series on that particular aspect. When you get a hang of what that particular series is all about, that relies on Genesis 1-2, you will have the master control of your life. In fact, the way you will live will be different from every other group. Second, you will have an understanding of what drives people to do what they do. I was to preach a manifestation in Magodo. <laughs> I said, as you talk, talk about manifestation, the only thing is said, go to this place, Genesis 1-2. That's the root of everything in life. Just open my eyes, bow. Floodgate of revelation. Changed my life entirely. So, any problem in the first three chapters of Genesis, very, very rich. Read them and read them and read them again. You will gain a lot of wisdom from there. Now, what we are talking about this morning is sex. And, like I said, it's a taboo to mention it in the church. But the world is gradually assaulting the minds of Christians with the subject of sex. Every time, assaulting their mind is coming to their consciousness. Some are struggling under the heavy body of their emotions. Start from verse 3. Chapter 3, and I'm going to read just verse 4. Now let me start from verse 1. Now the serpent was more subtle. Please note that word, this word. Now the serpent was what? This word, noted. Because I'm still going to go back to that particular word than any beast of the field 
which the Lord God had made, and he said unto man, Yea, had God said, Ye shall not eat of any of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. You know the story. Let me jump to verse 6. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for, for food, and it was pleasure to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did it, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did it. And the eyes of both of them were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed, sewed fig trees, fig leaves together, and made themselves aprons. Now, had God said, there are people who teach a false doctrine which we call the serpent seed. And that false doctrine, they maintain that what actually took place there was Eve having sex with the devil, the serpent. And that the result of that was Cain. That was why Cain was able to kill Abel because the root of the devil was already planted into Eve. Does the Bible support that? One of the things you discover about the Bible is that the Bible always tells you as it is. No matter who that person is, he will tell you what? As it is. Oh, this person served God, but he did not do this. And when he wants to talk about sex, he, he may say, and Adam knew a wife. The wife. And that's, that's the language of the Bible. The Bible doesn't hide anything. It tells you about the good, the bad, the ugly. Those are some of the things that people have said about sex. They said <coughs> that's the devil's seed that came into man. St. Augustine, who is a very revered theologian of time, Theologian of time past of the early church, he said, Sex is sinful. So, some people, even after they get married and they go into that act, they still kneel down and ask God for forgiveness. That God forgive us, for we have sinned against you. So, those are some of the things that people have. Another thing that some believe about sex is that I own my body and I can do whatsoever I like with my body. Haven't you heard that? Oh, I have heard that. I've, in counseling, I've talked to some people and they will say, no, 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 no. I'm the owner of my body. I can do whatever I have with my life. I just look at them and I say, really? You own your body? If you own it, you should also know the expiry date. Because everybody has an expiry date. <laughs> and the owner of, his, of the body, when he says it expires, I've told you in this church, one of the things I find very amusing is that when people die, 
some people. That's when they are actually at peace in court. You see somebody who is a chief thug that used to keep people, cut off their head and, you know, shoot people with God. When he dies, you just see the guy there. So, and when people want to, when they come there, they will say, may his gentle soul do what? He has become gentle. Gentle soul. Rest in peace. All the gra gra, I'm the owner of myself. Ah, you don't know me, I'm this. I, I, can, I can break bottle on your head. I can shoot you, I can kill you. Gentle soul. They just there. When they kick that body, he can't reply. They may even leave it out to rot. It's just there. Gentle soul. Some people, the only time when they surrender to God is when God takes their life. All through life, they are always struggling. When God says, they say, no, 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 I can't agree. But this morning, we will do the will of God. Now, the world has perspective about sex. God has his own perspective. The perspective of the world is, if it feels good, do it. And they see nothing sinful about sex. The only time when the world complains is if sex is not consensual. And so they can go after Harry Winston and say, Harry, you've done a lot of, had sex with a lot of women, which is not consensual, and therefore we are going to deal with you. Consensual mean, means agreement between the two parties. But with God, sex is contextual. God is always looking at the context in which sex has taken place. In what context? But the world, if you agree, another thing that the world frowns at is if you have sex with an underage. In U.S., you go to jail for having sex with somebody who is not up to 18 years. And that's the way they do their things. But when you say you own your body, 1 Corinthians 3, 16 and 17 says, Do you not know that you are the temple of God and the Spirit of God dwells in you? It's a question. I mean, you cannot be rabababai. Eh? <laughs> the Spirit is in you. And you are fornicating. Where was that spirit at that time? You mean the spirit was there with you? And goes through that act with you? No. So the Bible says here, if anyone defies the temple of God, God will destroy him. For the temple of God is holy. Which temple you are? It sounds pretty much like what he said in Genesis. Oh, you are going to die the day you eat it. And people do it and they don't die. And they begin to wonder. God said he would destroy. The Bible says God will destroy me. I'm not being destroyed. It's a lie. Does sex destroy? Is it not pleasurable? How can you be destroyed if you have sex? 
Those are some of the thinking of the modern man. Another thing, which is another lie, is that my decisions affect me alone. It's me alone. No, it doesn't have it's my body. It has no effect over anybody. Apart from your health history, you carry your sexual history around. And I will tell you, if you have sex with a man, let's assume that you are a lady, you've not had sex before, you had sex with a man that have had sex with 100 people. That one-time event between you and that person, you're having sex with all the people that that person have had sex with. I'll explain that when we get to the second part of the series, maybe next Sunday. Because every time sex takes place, there is an exchange. Not just of semen and body fluid. Sex is the only human connection where you connect beyond the physical. That's why God has parameters for where sex should take place. It goes beyond the physical. Ask some married people why they struggle when they see their ex that they have had a sex sexual affair with. Because it goes beyond just the physical. It goes beyond just a one night stand. There's a union that has actually taken place. And that's one of the reasons why God said sex must be within a particular context. So that one is their health. There has been vast improvement in the area of medicine. And so, some of the things that people are normally afraid of when it comes to venereal diseases, sexually transmitted diseases, appears to be muted. But we are seeing the resurgence of some incurable sexual diseases. Apart from AIDS, that one has a big name. There are some that are not curable. And once they are in the body of that person, they are going to be there for a lifetime. Or you say, I take precautions. You can shield the physical body. There is no condom for the soul of man. You can't shield your soul. Some enter the marriage totally emotionally bankrupt. Why? They have given out all they had before they got married. And then they find it difficult to love their spouse. They become unlovable. Those are some of the problems that comes with such decisions. Another one is the love lie. If you love me, you will have sex with me. Have you not had that before? Oh, that's one of the emotional blackmail that is always traded up, especially by boys, by men. How will I know that you really love me when you will not give your body to me? 
You will give your body to me. Yeah, Sonia, I did one song, one song, and they'll I don't know if you know that song. If you love me, you will wait for me. Uh -huh. those, of you who are, those of you who are not married, I think you should sing that song to your intended. When it comes to if you love me like you, you sing that song to me. How does the Bible define love? 1 Corinthians 13, 4-7 Love suffers long and is kind. The kind of love that cannot wait for you over sex. It's not a love that is worth it. It's not a love that is worth it because marriage is full of the good, the bad, the ugly. One man was telling me He said, the wife has left him. I said, your wife was not a virgin when you met her. He said, yes. I said, I know. I said, I know because the seal of virginity, when two virgin met or meet, in marriage because that's the way God designed it the blood is spilled and there's a connection that takes place and for some of you you are you are feeling that you are the odd one out oh you are living a virgin in the world where every other person has had an experience and they are telling you of their own sexual adventures they are telling you of their escapade and you are the only one that is different and you feel that you also want to be like them don't make that mistake it's a mistake that you will leave to regret don't don't do it preserve yourself and on that night you will say to yourself it is really worth it because that's the way god designed it now the bible also said love does not envy does not parade itself is not popped up does not behave rudely does not seek his own is not provoked thinks no evil does not rejoice in iniquity but rejoice in truth bears all things believe all things hope all things endures all things Look at that last part. Endures all things. Is that the kind of love that someone who wants to have sex with you now has for you? As a little child, my mom taught me one simple thing. He will always say, let me put it in Yoruba, then I will translate it. He will say, you know what that means don't hastily lick a hot soup and you know i've done that several times when she's cooking your steak put a spoon and you know i end up with a parched tongue and what happened the rest of the meal when the meal is eventually done, I can't enjoy it because my tongue is gone. 
I can't enjoy the rest of the meal. I don't know if you have experienced that. How many of you have experienced that before? Yours may be a hot tea. Once it, your tongue is gone, the entire food is tasteless. Now, if you have had several experiences before, don't bother yourself. Today, God will reconstruct everything. Because in Zion, there is hope. Outside there, there is no hope. Here, God will reconstruct you anew. Said, behold, I make all things new. He will do that for you this morning. So, some are in love with the pleasure of sex, not with the person. Second Samuel 13.1 Just want to give you an example. And it came to pass after this that Absalom, the son of David, had a fair sister, whose name was Tamar and Amnon, the son of David, loved her. You see that word coming up there? Loved her. Now, when we go to verse 2, and Amnon was so vexed that he fell sick for his sister, Tamar, for she was a virgin. And Amnon, Amnon taught it hard to, for him to do anything to her. But Amnon had a friend whose name was Jonadab, the son of Shimea, David's brother. And Jonadab was a very what? They're actually human beings who have that, that feature. To call a long story short, Jonadab told Amnon, he said, pretend. Pretend as if you are sick. Let that girl come in and bring you food. And when she comes in, what happens? Do whatever you want to do with her. Verse 15. Then Amnon hated her exceedingly, so that the hatred wherewith he hated her was greater than the love wherewith he had loved her. And Amnon said unto her, Arise and be gone. Same person that was so in love that he was sick. He couldn't eat. <laughs> when he got what he wanted, what happened? Hated her exceedingly. Why? Because the guy was not in the love with the person. He was in the law. He was in love with pleasures of sex. And so we have a lot of varieties of ways in which people get to sex, get exposed to sex, and have sex. Some don't believe, for them, they have inclination towards people who are of other sex. You see a male person lusting after another male person. You see a woman lusting after another woman. They have that inclination. And there are some who are believers and they struggle with this. There are some, it's when they see animals. I read a particular story. One lady, while she was in the university, you know, because she needed money, so she went out with friends and 
they took her to, you know, all these people in uh, Takuabe and the rest of them. She was still got there. They paid her good money to have sex with their dog. And after that episode was over, when she graduated university, finished the university, got married. But every time, I think if I get the story correctly, they had a dog in their house. Every time she sees a dog, she lost after a dog. I mean, you thought that all that is over. But there was an exchange that has taken place. She no longer, not no longer, she never feels satisfied with the husband. Just a dog. And so some have gone through all kinds of experimentation when it comes to the issue of sex. Because in our brain, we have neurological pathways which, you know, becomes wired when you do certain things. When you do things that are man, human beings naturally gravitate towards whatever is pleasurable and run away from what is pain. But that has been built over time and now becomes a problem. And she cried out that she needed help. Because really, that marriage will be jeopardized if the unexpected happens. So, there are also those who feel that masturbation is their way of life. A popular pastor in Nigeria said that masturbation is not sin. For some, they've seen it as an outlet. They just say, I don't want to sin. I don't want to commit sin with anybody, so let me just masturbate on my own. At least it is me and myself. The problem with that is that for masturbation to be successful, a measure of your imagination will have to be involved. Sometimes people use AIDS, like pornography. Or they hold in their image, in their mind, a particular image which they now masturbate to and they now have a release. That also is another problem. We can talk all day about the multi dimension. No, 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 just bring the other one for me. This one will be fixed later. We're sorry about this. The multidimensional area of um, sex and all their perversions. Some, the problem that they have is that of a spirit husband or a spirit wife. 
Some when they sleep, they see themselves at night having sex in the dream. And the next day they are rushing out to look for the next one body to have sex with. There is also what we call sexual addiction. Some are so addicted that it's like food to them. If they never had it a single day, they can't just sleep. And those are some of the dimensions of what uh, people go through. But let's just look at what God feels about all of this. The general view of God by most people is that God is a killjoy. A killjoy is somebody who gives you something but will not allow you to enjoy it. Or someone who just come. You are just enjoying yourself. You just come and there barrow everywhere. <laughs> and some see Christians as people who are kind of prudish. And they feel that these are people who don't really enjoy life to the fullest. Now, the first thing is that your view of God will ultimately determine your decision about sex. If you feel that God is a God that you can play the grace card to always and get away with whatever you want to do, then that will inform your decision and you will never mature as a believer. You will always be a spiritual baby. But if you have the correct biblical perspective about this, I'm telling you, no matter how far you have gone, you have total strength over your weakness. I'm telling you. And that's not theory. It's real. No matter how far you have gone, you have total victory. The first thing is that God created sex. It was the idea. He said in Genesis 2, 18, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him an helpmeet for him. Secondly, it's a gift from him. James 1.17 tells us every good and perfect gift comes from God. You and I will not be on this planet if something has not taken place between our parents. Every good and perfect gift comes from God. Number three, God commanded sex. Oh, that sounds like heresy to you. He commanded sex. It's in the Bible. In fact, that is the first commandment from God. That's the first commandment. He said, be fruitful and multiply. Be what? Fruitful and multiply. That's Genesis 1, 26 and 27. Because the only way they will be, they will be able to multiply themselves on earth is through the vehicle of sex. But sex is only limited to the context of marriage. Anything outside that is a sin to God. And anything outside that has serious consequences, no matter what anybody tells you. 
you will know very correctly that Adam, Eve was taken out of Adam. The only time when the union goes beyond the physical is when they are together in a sexual relationship. They are united. So, they are so united at that moment. One of the things that God said there, he said, therefore a man shall do what? Leave the father and mother and do what? And cleave to a woman and they'll become what? One flesh. It has to take place within the context of marriage. Now, you may find it very difficult to balance all this together because you look at yourself, I'm a young man, I have sex drive. And you may even find yourself in a position that I find myself several years ago. I mean, we are told that look, sex is a no-go area. As a little child in the nursery school, there was a guy that used to come. I mean, the class is always coming with a bundle of black and white pictures. Every day in his bag. And I always see naked people fighting wrestling. I never knew what he meant until when I got to the secondary school. Because the environment in which I was raised does not understand that. And this is a little child. I mean, I, as I grow older, I begin to imagine to myself what that guy will have become. He must be a monster. Except he gets in contact with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. At that tender age, at that tender age, I made up my mind together with my friends to be intentional. And we made that covenant about four of us, one, two, three, three of us. We said, until we get married, no sex. And the key we gave to ourselves is that never put yourself in a compromising position. Two, never be alone with the opposite sex. Three, remember that God is always watching you. And so, we went through it. One of us failed in that attempt because he disobeyed one of the rules. And he came back weeping one day and I said, ah, what happened to you? You have done this, Abby. Said yes. And he was, he wept like a baby. Now, I had all kinds of challenges. All kinds. 
But God saw me through because my mind was intentional on pleasing God. And that's the decision I want everyone in this house to make today. Marriage is not the solution to a lustful problem because the problem of lust is a thing of the heart. One of my friends was asking me, he said, are you able to walk among all these pretty ladies? I said, I don't even see them. I see all of them as my sisters. He said, ah, already right there. He's already uncomfortable. His body is pumping up. He said, I don't think I can stay in this Abuja. I said, you will stay, don't worry. And when we walk, we get to another place, the National Assembly and some other places like that. And I also some, these one are white lions that they will come directly to you and they will tell you, Oga, ringo wo inye o se nkankan fawa o ko le wa sarara ni o if you don't understand what i've just said they said the ring in your hand does not send us parking no we are interested after jembe o he said they want they want a piece of you <laughs> i said me You must know, regardless of what your sexual history has been, today is a new day. You must know that you are a precious person. You are a person that is too valuable to be, you know, to be banded or, you know, moved about from one table to, to the other like a pink bubble. I said, no, I'm not interested. There was one that, was, that one was pursuing me vigorously. At the point I just had to report her, I said, tell this lady or else she will see the other side of me because I will wash her down. And the man talked to her and she made a U-turn. If you don't make up your mind, Daniel proposed in his heart, you must Purpose. When God see that intention on your heart, He will now send the strength that will help you. And I tell you, it always starts from the earth. For men, it is what they see. Men, they have different parts of the human body that they like, depending from one man to another. And those are triggers. You as a person must know what is your trigger. What are the things that make you think about sex? What are the things that you see and immediately bow? Some is just a particular music. In my day, when they put Marvin Gaye, some of you may not know that music. Sexually, uh, know that crimes will be committed. It's a trigger for some people, just a music. The person that sang it was a reverend daughter 
uh, Reverend, Reverend son was eventually shot dead by his father, Marvin Gaye. So what are the triggers? Is it a picture? Or you just see, you can't just hold it when you see a beautiful man or, or a handsome man or a beautiful lady. There are some, you see them, they are even salivating. I've seen extreme human beings like that. They, you just say, ah, Omoyi. Ah. I said, there is a demon in you. Ah, oh boy, no be demon. How you go let this one go like that? Because that is their trigger. You need to understand what triggers you. And you know, understanding what triggers you and stopping it at the onset is the secret of victory. When you have crossed the borderland, you will not remember any Bible verse. Do we not? Oh, you pray, oh God, hey, if it is not your will for me to fornicate with this brother, don't let him come today. He will come. He will come. He will come. Surely he will come. God wants to give you victory. Maybe in your phone, in your laptop, in your tablet, you still visit pornography sites and all that. God wants to give you victory. I told my wife when we got married, I said, no pornography of whatever kind in this house. Because I know the harm that it causes. Some married, women, married people, because they want to rejuvenate their sexual life, they buy pornographic this thing. Watch them when they are going. Watch, watch people like that. Just watch how their eyes are always moving when they see ladies, the men, and watch the women. Because in pornography, they pay, paint an image of a perfect body. And your wife or your husband may not have that. And some of all these things are dramas that are acted. And you are demanding that kind of thing from your wife, from your husband. It's not going to work. Some marriages have collapsed based on that. Because the films that are recorded have been edited. Some of these things that they show in few minutes or few seconds took place over a length of days. And you, you use that to benchmark your own relationship. The marriage will crash. Second, I've talked about triggers. Second, your exposure. The environment you expose yourself to. Oh, I just want to go there. Nothing will happen. And that's where you fell the last time. You say nothing will happen. Uh, I just want to talk to him. And you know that when this guy talks to you on phone, your body will be lost in after. Delete the number. Not only delete, block that number on, that, on your phone. Jesus said, if your eyes will cause you to fall, remove it. Block the number completely. You don't need that person. Somebody that you feel powerless and you feel helpless whenever you hear the voice or whenever you see that person. Delete. 
Remove that person from your circle of friends because that person will destroy you. It will. There was someone was very, very interested in me, wanted. She's dead now, unfortunately. Wanted to get in a relationship and I know where I'm going and um, I said it's not going to work. Eventually when I got married and I saw her, she met me at the airport. She ran to me and hugged me. And, and immediately, one thing that I felt that day, I told my friend, I said, I felt as if I had hugged death. I never knew that she was going to die. I think she died that year. And she complained to my friend that he doesn't know what's wrong with me. That me, I should be visiting and coming to the house. I, I said, where? Even when we are not married, when she was running after me all over the place, I don't know your house. Now the two of us are married, but I know that the seed of love in her may not have died. And if I go to her, and probably the husband is not at home, and I'm alone in the house with her, God help the two of us. That's how you build boundaries for yourself. You anticipate problem before it happens. And let me tell you, there is no overconfidence in the area of sex. Oh, I am anointed. Don't worry. With your anointing, you meet yourself on the ground. I am anointed. I can lay my hands upon. I can do this. I can do that. No. Flee. That's what the Bible says. Some, some years ago when I was still struggling, they asked us to pray for a woman. It was in Ojo. Some girls are there. They said, oh yeah, let us lay hands upon them. Lay hands upon everybody. I lay my hand upon one lady that has a lost problem. I immediately I lay my hands upon her. My body reacted. Immediately, I left the place and I went and sat down. They said, ah, Bafur, you didn't complete. I said, no. Yoruba people said, Chinoba Joni, Tojuareni, Tareni Lakobo. Now I can lay my hands upon anybody. Nothing will happen. But I ran for my life. I ran for my I, As I placed my hand, everything just went on. Bah! I ran. Flee. The Bible that wrote flee there knows what he's saying. Because, you see, emotion. Do we have a bottle of Coke here? I'm going to close now. Do we have a bottle of Coke? I need it. <laughs> Oh, glory to God. So, there are people you have to run away from like that. You are preserving your life. People accuse me, they say, ah, you always switch off your face. It will just, your face will just be like a hawk. Incredible hawk. One sister came to me and said, Are there any teaching? I said, You see, I said, I did not see you. I can't see you. 
you have to be intentional. Okay? This is how your sexual drive is, where God creates you. When you're having influences from TV and all that and all that, what's happening? It's shaking them. It's shaking them. But when you meet somebody you're attracted to, it's shaking them. Now, if I shake this thing vigorously for a long time, it will explode. To explode. Now, some people, it has not exploded and they are filled to the brim. And when a man or woman comes with an opener, oh boy, uh, uh, oh, how are you, lady? Come, come, come. Let me use you as an example. I don't want to use another person's side. You know, you know, one thing with women that I don't understand, and Solomon said that, he said he did not understand the way of a man. With the maid, eh, eh, you hold that. Oh, you are the no, no, no. It's the man now. You hold this one. So, and I come. This is my up now. Every time I see you, I can't just sleep. Eh, you see, I, I wonder how God. You know all those lies. God must have spent extra time creating such an icon. They have all those. They, they giving you all those. And if she believes, she will not know when this will come here and pour. And that's how it happens. For men, once they have seen something, they can pay any price because of it. I'm watching a particular series. My family and I, the entire family, we, we watch it together. Colony. They are in their third season now. I want you to learn from that film series is that disobedience has a price. Disobedience has a price. There's some man that is always going with them. He's the proxy. Alan Snyder. Abby. <laughs> the guy can, he can suffer because of what he wants. You can do anything with the guy. You can, if you like, beat him. And he's the former governor, he will pretend until eventually he got what he wanted. That's the way of a man with a woman. A man will do anything. You tell the man that, oh, hey, you are this, uh, come and help me carry this, we do it for you. Huh? When he get that one night, don't worry. When that happens, then the table changes. Because now he has what he wanted, and now he can now dictate the truth. May God help us in Jesus' name. So every one of you, keep your Coke bottle until the night of the wedding. If somebody has opened yours, take the what? The cap and do what? Bam. There's what we call secondary virginity. And don't let the devil play a card on you. The devil may tell you, oh, you've lost it. You are worthless. Can't you hear what the pastor is saying today? He's gone. No. The Bible says if any man is in Christ, and that applies to a woman also, is what? A new creature. All things have passed away. Don't resurrect your past. Your past is in the past. Don't give life to it. It's in the past. 
Yesterday is gone forever. It's not, there is no way yesterday will come into today unless you are invoking the issues of yesterday. And that's where the redemptive power of the blood of Jesus is. And they overcame by the blood of the Lamb. And by the words of what? Our testimony. You are born to be a conqueror. Oh yes, you have made mistakes. Oh yes, you have lost your ways. Oh yes, you have done things that God said you should not do. But today, the pen is in your hand. And you can write a new future. You can begin to write a new life for yourself. That's the hope that Jesus brings to you today. You need to cut relationships that are not godly. They are not going to help you. The only place they will lead you to is hellfire. Oh, you are a believer. You are on Tinder. What are you looking for there? Somebody to have a nice stand with. Remove it. Uninstall all ungodly apps from your phone. Friends that make you lose yourself on your Facebook page. That's why they make block button there. Unfriend them. Block them. You don't need them so that you'll be focused. May God help us in Jesus' name. Let us stand. I just try to talk on a number of issues to give us a kind of overview on the issues we'll be dealing with. Next Sunday, we examine the tide that binds, which has to do with soul tie. And if you're under any soul tie, uh, it's, gonna, it's going out forever. That's like a leash that always drags people back. Close your eyes, everybody. I'm not going to single out anyone for prayers. Ask God, Father, give me victory in my sexual life. Pray in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. The triggers. Sometimes you make sins that are sexual. Avoid them. Because they will trigger you. The triggers that trigger you to think thoughts that are unholy or to want to act in a way that is contrary that as from now God should make you recognize them and have victory over them let us pray every trigger we command it to be destroyed by the power of the Holy Ghost we receive the ability to recognize it and also to do the needful in the name of Jesus in Jesus name we pray there will be people that may be dealing with sexual perversion. Yours, maybe you like bestiality, anal, or things like that. I don't want to be mentioning that from here. 
but there's healing available now as I pray. The power of God will go into your spirit and will recreate you afresh. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you today and as a people we address each person's life. And Lord, we go into their entire history and we ask that, Lord, by your power of forgiveness, you will blot out every sin. You said, their sin will I remember. Okay. God said, I should ask you to confess your sins first. Because confession goes before forgiveness. Ask God, whatever sin you have committed in the area of sex or in all other areas that God should forgive you. Pray. Father, let there be forgiveness. Let there be cleansing. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Lord, we ask that you cleanse and forgive everyone. That your power of forgiveness will flow through everyone. In the mighty name of Jesus. Your word says, a new heart will I give them. We know that the issue of lust is, the, is an heart issue. We know that the heart of the matter is the matter of the heart. And we ask you this morning, Lord, that you restore our heart to the original way you created it to be. A heart that listens to you. A heart that wants to do things your way. We uproot every stronghold of the devil. And every contrary argument that raises up and exalts itself above the knowledge of Christ. Lord, we command it to be uprooted from our life in the name of Jesus. Lord, we ask, O God, that we receive fresh grace this morning. Not to struggle, but to be victorious. That as we go through things life, uh, through things in life, we will always come out as victors. Amen. Father, let it be so in the name of Jesus. Amen. There are people here this morning with emotional wounds. True sex. Lord, some have found it difficult to even trust anyone again. Because those who promised them disappointed them after they got what they wanted. Lord, I'm asking that we heal those wounds in the name of Jesus. Amen. Some have been abused sexually. Let your power go into their subconscious and recreate their person. And let the image of Christ be restored unto them. Amen. Let there be wholeness in the name of Jesus. Amen. Every task, every appetite for sinful sex. Hear the word of God. I command you to dry up. Amen. I command you to dry up. Amen. I command you to dry up. Amen. As from this moment fresh appetite for things of God comes upon you in the name of Jesus. You will not fail. 
you will not falter. The God that has made those who are weak strong will also make you strong. In the name of Jesus. We pray for our children. Lord Almighty Father that you will help them to stand strong. Evil will not take root in their heart. You will help them to keep themselves. In the name of Jesus. Thank you Father. In Jesus name we pray. Yeah, some of you, you may want to take it to the next level, especially if you are not married, to actually have a purity ring and put it on your hand as a reminder that you have made up your mind. You're not going to have sex until marriage. When people ask you, what which ring is in your heart? You tell them that's my purity ring. I'm not going to do nothing until I'm married. God help you in the name of Jesus.